Welcome to the Las Doctoras podcast. I am Dr. Christina Rose, pronouns she, her. I am Dr. Renee Limas, pronouns she, her. In this podcast, we make space for important conversations about the social issues that affect our lives and the lives of other marginalized people. We talk with thinkers, scholars, mothers, writers, and other visionaries invested in taking a hard look at the oppressive social dynamics of the world and doing the work of dismantling all structures of power. We are grounded in a connection to ancestral wisdom, academic research and lived experience while we sit together and share our insights, ponder ideas about how to heal from the generational trauma of white and male supremacy. Join us on our journey, not toward perfection, but into reflection of the multidimensional and complex experience of humanity, attempting to survive and thrive within the oppressive power systems we live in, all while we sit at our kitchen tables, sipping on some tequila, hoping to change the world. Bienvenidas! Welcome to episode 19. I'm going to jump straight into our conversation, but I just want to preface that um, because we didn't really say it in the beginning, um, but this episode is recorded, um, is has been, was recorded on April 1st, 2020, right in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. And this is really just um, Christina and I's check in to see how we're going to see what we've been thinking about during during this time and um to kind of find the place for for hope and you know how we can kind of um maybe begin to think about it in in some sense of in some sort of positivity so yep this is coming straight from us right in the middle of of this crisis and here you go here we are here we are it actually feels great honestly this morning was just like super like we were all zombies i feel like we're like oh this was really nice ah i like it all right a little shot of tequila oh i have um champagne It felt really good to get a little ready for this and to kind of just step into this creative space. <sighs> yeah, let's just, let's, let's take a deep breath. <sighs> oh God. So obviously there's lots to talk about. Mm. Um, I'm at my house. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. at your house. Mm-hmm. Um, our children are not in the room with us. They're not in the room with us. Um, how are you feeling? How's it going? What's, I know you said today was, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, yesterday was like a high uh, tension kind of day for me. I felt that, like I felt this buzz and, this morning I woke up and I did some meditation, which I'm really grateful for, but I feel like this um, lethargy. I feel tired, you know? Um, mm. And I'm sure Chani Nicholas has something to say about it. She it's, was saying something yesterday. I think you saw it. I don't know. Maybe I saw that you liked it. Um, yes. Maybe we should read that. Let's, you know what? We should always start with <laughs> what was Chani Nicholas saying. <laughs> I just bought her book. I know. Um, I love it. She posted, 
yesterday she said just this was for yesterday but i imagine mm-hmm. some of, we're still feeling some of that same energy mm-hmm. said, i just want to say that today's astrology is some of the toughest we go through if you're feeling extra blue please take extra good care not that you need an astrological reason for feeling all these things right now but for those that find but it i love it yes red so let's just read She says, Mars and Saturn make a conjunction on March 31st at zero degrees of Aquarius. Some of this, I'm like, what? I don't know. But anyway, (laughs) both are thought of as malefics in in traditional astrology. They bring the pain. They are Mm -hmm. the struggle. They don't let us get away with much. Together, they are unfairly challenging. Mars is movement, heat, and inflammation. Saturday is isolation or Saturn. Saturn is isolation, restriction, and rejection. In a conjunction, they have to act as one. Go, stop, hot, cold, passion, depression. It's not an easy mix. Mars and Saturn have been traveling together for a minute. Um, oh no, for a minimum, the length of 2020. In Aquarius, the issue will always be about what is good for the group. But, and also tomorrow's conjunction points, so that's today, to the impact of social distancing, not being able to, being sick, knowing your people are coping with illness and not being able to assist, feeling the impact financially. Conjunction make, conjunctions make things real. They, they are a possibility manifested. Saturn, Mars often bring the manifestation of a challenge, obstacle, and issue. Together, they teach us how to find every crack, crevice, and opportunity to move forward. Together, they teach us about resilience. Just to know, astrologically speaking, the worst of this transit is now. It does dissipate after tomorrow, but its impact makes its mark. This Mm. moment is the mark. How we make meaning of it is up to us. How long COVID lasts is not known, obviously. Also, Mm. Saturn-Mars make a conjunction every two years or so. So it's not an age-defining transit like the Saturn-Pluto at the beginning of January was or Jupiter-Saturn in December will be. 2020 is a lot astrologically, but it's one to watch. It's the beginning of a new cycle for, and then she has symbols of something. Uh We know that the opportunities, the care, and the solutions we'll eventually find will be through the group. We are each other's greatest blessing, even though we can't be together in person. We have to keep finding every way possible to be in support of the whole. I love it. Honestly, after I read that, and then in my sleep last night, I have like a support group that meets monthly and um, with a leader. And I emailed or I texted the other friends in the group. And I was like, without the leader, let's meet every week, you know, and follow the same format. I need, I need more of that space. Um, I mean, I think that that's the constant message that I hear is like, the need for connection, even in, in obviously this time of isolation and then kind of redefining even like how we're getting those connections or like where we're getting those connections or maybe even um, redefining like relationships that already exist. Um, I just, I mean, I've said this before, but like I'm usually – a um an introvert <laughs> or an intro- extrovert introvert whatever you call it like half and half yeah somewhere on the cusp there yeah but I really thrive on alone time or being like I thrive on being by myself but right now I am you know and that's usually because it's offset with a lot of outward energy and right now I'm not getting so much of that so isolation has really taken its toll 
Um, so it's, it's really interesting how I find myself like wanting to reach out to people or wanting to like join in on conversations that I just never did before. Cause I was always so exhausted from everything. So I see um, you blowing up Facebook. You're blowing up all the <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, Oh, like this is like, yeah, now I can be on Instagram because I'm not doing anything else or I'm not exerting outward energy in other ways, you know? And I, yeah. like yesterday, um, somebody from the school posted something about planting seeds. And I was like, man, I wish I, like, I don't have any seeds. And she was like, oh, I have a lot. Like I can give you some. And then somebody else was looking for flour. And I was like, oh, I have tons of flour. Like all of a sudden we're kind of creating these like trading situations, right? We're like, oh, I'll go. And somebody was talking about doing sourdough and they have sourdough starter. Oh, wait. And then there was another one that said, so somebody was looking for flour and I said, oh, I have tons. And then somebody else was like, oh, I have whatever wheat. I can mill you some. Mill flour. <laughs> and then somebody, these, are, these are the circles. I love it. Yeah. And then somebody said, um, hashtag things only Waldorf parents would say. Totally. <laughs> and I just thought that that was so funny. But, it, but for me, it was like, it was interesting how normally I, pro I may not want to reach out to um, people, right? Because I'm just like, oh, I don't want to small talk or I don't want to like whatever. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, oh, yes, please bring me the seeds you have or I will give yeah. you some flour or whatever. Totally. Just um, so that's been interesting. Like, yeah, like redefining these relationships or I don't know, but definitely like a call to to remind ourselves to to like check in and my mm -hmm. mom is is so interesting like one day she'll be okay because she's by herself and I feel I just feel really bad you know and she'll like be okay and then yesterday she calls me she's like is everything okay and I'm like yeah we're fine like I had just talked to her you know so it was it was almost like she was in this like sudden panic about us. And, and she was like, I think she's watching. She tends to like to watch news all the time. And so I told her, I said, mom, you need to stop. Like you need to not be watching stuff. And, you know, and she's like, oh, I'm just so, I'm like, mom, we're doing them. Like we literally have not left our, you know, like our street, you know, like we'll walk around, but we haven't gone anywhere like other than Tommy, but like, and that's the best that we can do. And whatever yeah. happens, happens. We can't worry about the unknown. I'm, I'm, I'm telling her this and I'm like, I'm trying to convince myself of that too. Um, but anyway, I just like, so I told her, I told her one, like you need to turn off the TV and or mm. turn off the news. And I told her, I said, you need to like, have you talked to anybody? Like, like friends, you know, she's dating somebody. I'm like, I hope y'all are talking like every minute of the day. Like, why wouldn't you? You're both not doing nothing. <laughs> you might as well do nothing while you're talking to each other. And yeah. she's like, oh, well, it's like, we don't really talk on the phone that much. And I'm like, mom, I know that this is a stretch for you. Like, you're not a social person, but this is, this, I said, this is not a choice anymore. This is not about you get to choose not to be social. This is a necessity. What about her sisters? What about your grandma? Where are they so, Well, my grandmother's with my cousin because my cousin, Priscilla is her caretaker. And so mm. obviously we don't want my grandmother to be everywhere these days. So she, we just decided like, she's going to stay there. So my, one of my aunts will go over and they'll kind of go walking like in their social distancing. <laughs> Yeah. which which is good but it's still the majority of the time she's by herself and I just yeah. it, it's it's a huge stretch for her to like reach out to people she's not the type 
to call people or to like, mm. you know, so I'm, I'm kind of trying to tell her like, this is not a, a choice of like, oh, I just don't, you know, feel comfortable. This is like, you need, this, this is the way you're going to stay safe. Like not just health, you know, through COVID or whatever, but like mentally and spiritually and yeah, she's so used to having the kids and helping mm-hmm. and then also going to like her classes, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it's, um, I think the indefiniteness of it or like the prolong, it's like, it's ever growing the sense of how long this is going to be. So it's hard to like make a plan, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think that's part of it. And maybe this yeah. is for, for me, this is like week three. So maybe it's hitting me in this new, or it's coming to me in this new way. Yeah. And, on, and and then, yeah, and then new information, right? Like, I, someone, we had a family Zoom, and someone said, you know, Trump gave numbers, like, quarter to half million, you know, or something like that. People will uh-huh. die or something like that. Um, it's our best case scenario. And for some reason, I was just like, gosh, I, I'm so glad I don't watch the news, because that's, I had to Google it. I was like, really? This is, I know. It was just, um, it's, it, my, and it's, my own apocalyptic thinking, you know, yesterday yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. And then I, I uh, talked to you and you were really in it. I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I know I, had, I felt like I was trying to talk to you. I was like, girl, we're going to be okay. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, it's, it's definitely part of my Virgo-ness or my trauma or something, you know, taking this, I took this Octavia Butler, um, you know, spell writing class with Cecilia. It was like so nice. It was so great to do it. But I had me in my sci-fi mind, you know, so yeah. I was just like, oh, okay, so my, honestly, right? So I can go, I'll, you know, if the, everything hits the fan, I'll go down and steal a yacht, the second, someone's second yacht down in Naples or something like that. And I, told, and I was like, and I told her, I told you, I was like, what is it that you think is going to happen? Like, <laughs> like, what is this apocalypse? You're, like the zombie <laughs> apocalypse? Like, I don't understand. I don't- I'm suddenly like in the parable of a sower. I'm like, okay, because someone talked about needing a gun, maybe like in their in the spell writing workshop, and I was like, well, and that's oh, you were telling me all this, and to me, like, I I want to validate those feelings. I think they come from somewhere, but I'm also like in my like, let's let's talk that out rationally. Is um, what so much if, privilege? What good is that going to like? What is that going to yeah. do? Right? Like, or what? Like, um, because I also think that there's this, there's, you know, what was I watching yesterday? I was watching something that kind of had this feeling of, um, all, oh God, I can't think of what we were watching yesterday. Um, but it had this sort of apocalyptic feeling and people, um, oh, I was watching. Okay. <laughs> so I'm definitely a reality <laughs> fanatic, but I'm also like, I love documentaries. So when documentaries, like, so the reason I like reality shows so much is because reality shows are usually about privileged people that I can just kind of like talk shit about, right? <laughs> and then documentaries are just educational. And so when those two things come together, it's like fantastic. So I was watching this documentary. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, the fire festival. It was this like festival that these white guys like through I don't know a couple years ago and it ended up being this like huge disaster it was supposed to be this like super expensive uh, festival in like the Bahamas and um, oh I totally know about it yes I know about the the guy ended up he's in jail now or whatever yeah like major major fraud so I was watching it and you know so all these 
obviously wealthy young kid not you know they're in their like 20s or whatever they go to this island and they're like you know because there was not enough room for them and so there's all these tents and they're like oh we didn't want any neighbors so we were poking holes in all the tents around us and everybody was it was just like a free fall and i was like oh this is what privilege does right instead of saying like how can we collectively come together mm -hmm. and help the situation it's like every every man for themselves and i was like oh that's what happened with the toilet paper situation <laughs> right yeah. everybody was like every man for ourselves let's go hoard all the toilet paper or hoard all the whatever it was right whatever the supplies yes. are and how much that comes from not just privilege but also this like capitalist mindset obviously right and yes um and to me that was like um so then in those situations where you're trying to, where it's a, where it's a, every man for himself, you do, you might need a gun, right? Because somebody could come after you yes. because they're being selfish, right? And you're being yes. selfish. But if we, if we take the opportunity. No. Yes. No, I don't want to do that. No. And I, and I, and the point of, <laughs> and the point of her writing was, does that take away from my humanity? And I was like, yes. You know, the thing is, if we, we step into those spaces and sometimes we can like laugh at it. You know, I love the meme where like it's Robin Hood going through the forest and people are like sticking like toilet paper and all their like different pockets and like stealing, <laughs> stealing it to, to, yeah. to, give it, to give it to, you know, yeah, um, yeah. who can't make it there because they just got paid today, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, really, yeah, I, I think instead of thinking apocalyptically, which is a neurosis, I think from like whiteness and maleness and, you know, yeah. uh, you know, really thinking about revolution, you know, and, and, and the positive, the changes that are coming into our life, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's how I, but I know, oh, you're, is it working? Yeah. I'm just, I wanted to see if anybody was commenting. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Um, I want to think that way. Um, and then I think what we talked about a little bit yesterday, what really changes this for me, and it always does this, um, is I think if I were single or without a child, my approach to this would be really different. My whole like psychological approach to this would be different because I feel like this, this um, burden, this, no, not, more, not a burden, like this need, this responsibility to protect, you know, in this other way that if I was like, if I didn't have a child, I love those memes. Yeah. What do you do? If you don't have a child at this time, just talk dirty to me. Are you just taking, <laughs> tell me, like, taking, what are you doing? Is it you're taking fun? naps? Right. <laughs> or you just happy, happy like, hour all day, you happy know, hour all yeah. freaking day. Like you have no schedule. Like that would be, I mean, that sounds fantastic. I mean, it sounds fantastic. And then it also, it's always the, like the grass is greener kind of situation, right? Totally. Like, you know, I'm sure there's, I mean, I have a cousin too, who's single and he's by himself. So I can imagine that, that yeah. that's its own thing, you know, so everybody's definitely struggling, but, but I think it's, I think at the end of the day, um, it is sort of pointing out like these larger, um, methods of thinking and how are we really, you know, thinking about what this, what this is, is it's really pulling the curtain back. On a lot mm -hmm. of things from the very 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 beginning of all of this before our shit hit the fan right like i said any type of illness like this and and we can call a lot of different things illnesses right but is always going to impact the marg marginalized people the most 
Mm -hmm. right? Like, so um, I just, it's interesting reading. For me, it's really shown people's true colors and especially people who sometimes want to say or act like they are Mm -hmm. woke. I don't know. I hate that word, but like, (laughs) you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know, it's those same people that are like, well, you know, I saw somebody, for example, say, you know, this, um, this long quarantine, isolation, social distancing is going to create lots of mental health issues and it's going to create lots, you know, unemployment and it's going to create, you know, financial instability and, and, you know, all these different things. And I, and I was like, and I think we talked about this yesterday too, like, and yet there's people who live like that way before this pandemic and who've been living like that in this, like what we're feeling now that we haven't felt it before is a privilege, right? This feeling of like, oh shit, something, you know, we're afraid to walk outside our homes or we're afraid to, um, that we're going to lose our job or we're afraid Mm -hmm. that there's not going to be a job to go back to like all of that. There's people who are, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about undocumented people, right. Who are Mm -hmm. afraid every time they step outside their house, like there's just so many things. And, and I think it's interesting that people are all of a sudden caring about those things because it's affecting them or their Mm -hmm. community without realizing that there's so many people who have been living like that. I'm like, and where are you all giving a shit about those people, right? And imagine them now. Like, what, yeah. are, they, what are they really feeling now, you know? Um, I don't know. It's- no, we're still, we're still, you know, so many of our brown family are really carrying the burden of all this, you know? I think they're disproportionately affected, like, because of the, being in, like, care industries or, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think the only reason people, right, are talking about how this virus is so impactful is because it is impacting people of wealth. And it started, yeah. you know, arguably with people of wealth who could travel. And, and of course, you know, um, that's, why, that's why we're talking about it, you know. Um, yeah. At least it seems like it. And, yeah. um, or I, I don't know how it could not be about that, you know. I, just, I think I'm just realizing how um how central intersectionality has always been to the way that I've um because I remember even maybe a few years ago when you know obviously interest the idea of intersectionality has been around for a really long time but it came into the I don't know the mainstream vernacular the main you know people started using that word all the time and I remember talking about thank thank you Kimberly Crenshaw (laughs) yes of course Kimberly (laughs) Crenshaw yeah who wrote that article I want to say in the 80s long long I mean it's been a while right I I, I forget but around maybe late 80s early 90s right um and um and so I we should probably look it up because that's so bad that we don't know when <laughs> when it was written. But um, just I think that uh, anyway. So I remember when when I said something about feminism, and then some, I had a student say, "Well, intersectional feminism," and I guess I had always defined for myself feminism through an intersectional lens. That when oh, all yeah. of a sudden people started to say, dif- uh, differentiate intersectional feminism from, let's say. Uh, white feminism, which obviously it is, but to me, the way I always saw and practiced feminism was through an intersectional lens. I was like, is there something I'm not getting about intersectionality 
that's different than what I already understand about feminism, but it was because I came to feminism or my evolution of feminism has always been through people, through women of color, right? Yeah. And through, um, 89, 89, 89, 89. See, I was like late eighties. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course um, in the last, you know, it's only been like the last five years or so that it's gotten so much momentum, yeah. maybe with the Ted talk and different things like that. Yeah. But it is interesting that that is your sense. If it's not intersectional, then it's not feminism to you. Then it's not. Your- and I think, and I think it's interesting to see how many people are not looking at things through an intersectional perspective. And I just, I don't get it. Like I don't, I don't get it. I don't get when people are, are looking at issues as um, um, compartmentalized, right? Like, like, this is environmentalism. This is reproductive rights. This is um, health care, you know, as if all of those things are not linked together and linked through system, systems of oppression, right? White supremacy, patriarchy all the phobias, right? Trans homophobia, right? Like yes. all of them are, are linked together. And so when there are issues, social justice issues with environmentalism, it's intrinsically linked through race to reproductive rights and, yes. you know, healthcare systems and all of these things. So I don't know. Well, I think we feel that intimately. It's like because of the way that we live our lives, that because of how people read us, you know, and how, what experiences that we've had, you know, and those are still minimal because we have so much privilege, you know, but yeah. um, it's like they have to be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's just, really um, it's just, I, I don't know. I, 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 I obviously I try to be very discerning about the, the media that I'm, um, exposing myself to and but then it's hard because there's just so much like people are just there's some people who are just it's I mean they must be sitting there and just reposting every single thing that they see I'm, like, I'm like, not gonna lie there are times where I'm like okay let's just do it what is happening? <laughs> what's happening what's happening you know because I, I want to just know I want to I want to be prepared or and then I, it, it triggers. And so this is what I'm naming, basically, that I am a really high-functioning, well, sometimes anxious person, you know? Um, and so, you know, when things like this happen, I immediately kind of go to, like, survival mode. All my, like, stuff back here is just, like... See, mine what? is in my, my jaw. Like, that's where all my tension. Uh... Like, I will grind my teeth, and I'll just, like, clench, like... Ugh, like... Oh, yeah, no, mine is, like... Ugh. Yeah. But I think, I think that, um, what else do I want to say about, oh, I think that I I put this out early on, you know, is that people need to be very um, critical about the, the, not just how much media they're consuming, but then I think people need to really be a lot more careful about what they're reposting because there's so much conflicting information out there. Um, and within days, like things are like conflicting. And so I think putting reposting so much, like just kind of creates more anxiety instead of letting things sit for, especially because our, the way our news cycle works now is things are not fact checked a lot of times because like, we just need to get it out. 
um, if we actually fact check things, it would actually might take a couple days to put out mm -hmm. articles. And so that's what ends like one thing comes out and then two, three mm -hmm. days later, something else that's like, oh no, that's not true. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why don't we just sit on it in instead of like getting all these people like anxious about different things, you know, it's, it's just, it's, I don't know. Capitalism. It's about making money. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. Totally. But see, we don't, people don't realize how much news is invested in capitalism, right? Like whether it doesn't matter what news source, right? News source, news is in the world we live in is always tied to money is always tied to capitalism. And, you know, as long as that's true, unless there's like, you know, and even NPR is still reliant on money, you know, and oftentimes private investors. And so anyway, there's no pure, truly pure news source. It's, it's, you know, it's about us kind of doing that critical work of like, okay, let's read a few articles and are they all kind of saying the same thing? And I mean, it's like what we do for research, right? Like, yes. um, but that's hard when we're in this like survival mode and we're like, we don't want to do that work. We just want somebody to tell us what's happening. Right. We just want to know everything's going to be okay. You know, yeah. and the thing is, I think the harsh truth is things will be okay to a certain degree, but things cannot be okay in a capitalistic, you know, white supremacist patriarchal world. Like the type of okay that we're looking for is, um, but that sounds so nihilistic as I say that. I don't know, you know, you know, how do we reconcile these things in our lives? You know, um, we live in these questions and then we try to find like safe containers for our family, you know, for our children, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I, I think brings us to the work. Oh, I was going to yeah, talk I, about the work we're doing, but I love going. Oh, I was just thinking about, um, you know, because anytime I'm feeling a certain level of anxiety, I try to ground myself in, okay, where's the, where's the joy? How can I thrive? Yeah. How can, how am I, what can I be grateful for? And obviously there's a lot to be grateful for in this moment still, mm -hmm. but it's like, is it possible to say we're not like, is there a possibility to not just be in survival mode? Like, is there, you know, because we've talked about that before, like, oh, let's not just survive, let's thrive. And so, you know, but in this moment, is that even possible? Ooh. I kind of love that question because honestly, I think that's the standard. I'm expecting myself to thrive in this and not just thrive like in moments, but thrive like all the time. How yeah. awesome is it? I, I'm teaching online classes now I get to spend all my time with my child at home and do my rhythms and no there's part of me is no I know right it's like well yes I'm gonna be like the ultra matriarch you know Virgo mama and we're gonna take uh -huh, care uh -huh, and uh -huh. do everything I'm gonna make <laughs> my I've got tortilla you know beans today tortillas tomorrow you know like I have this expectation um I, yeah, that I just, I will need to, to be on this higher frequency all the time, you know, like yeah. thriving, but I think there are moments of survival. And I think for many, I think survival is succeeding, you know, um, and somebody me, just posted a comment. They said, we can have duality, joy and anxiety. Why does it have to be one thing? So I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you think of it like a spiral, thanks, thanks of a cycle. Jeannie, I think. Jeannie thanks. Tesoya. Thanks, Jeannie. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's 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 the part is like yeah, like um, 
I think redefining what thriving means. Cause like you said, thriving is like, Oh, we have to be productive or we have to be like super mom, but can't thriving just be like chilling. <laughs> like, Right. Or just, you know, or that, you know, in this, yeah, I think, I think it's a, yeah, maybe just redefining what that means. And, um, and it's not a static, like a a constant way, you know, it really has like a flow to it or like a flow, you know, um, I've even been thinking about this flow kind of thing. I've been reading that intuitive work, work, eating work, Mm -hmm. intuitive eating workbook. Um, and really thinking about my body, expecting it to always be static, always weigh this amount. I don't weigh myself mm. anymore, but you know, like that it always, you know, my jeans will always fit this way or something like that, yeah. you know, and really recognizing with my cycle, it doesn't have to be that way. And actually yeah. it's not meant to be that way. And just really thinking of life like that, you know, there's not yeah. the only constant is change, you know, kind of thing. Um, so then there's joy and then, you know, and then there is surviving and then there is, you know, anger too, you know, there's all these different spaces and we can move through them. Like, yeah, that makes so so much sense because, and, and just the different ways that we think of cycles, right? Not just through our, like, uh, maybe menstrual cycle, but even in every minute we can have a cycle, right? Where we're like, this feels really good. We're doing so awesome. And then. <laughs> the yeah. next minute we're like ah um but also oh, recognizing that just like when we're in our bleeding time we know that that's eventually going to end and we'll come back to you know feeling better and so it's kind of like writing out those moments where we're like ah to know to say this is not going to last forever trust you know, yeah trust. yeah Which i mean is something I-, <laughs> I think that we are very much working on creating that for ourselves, a sense of trust and, and then for our children too, because it's like seven generations, you know, I think that hasn't been in there. That hasn't been a part of the family conversation, you know, the ancestors. Girl, Santos has just been like, Oh, this is, this is a, this is a test for me. Like this is, I was like, Oh, okay. This is what this is about. You know, like really, truly, having to figure out what his needs are because he is so different than me so different than even tommy and so different than cruz and i can't figure like i can read cruz pretty clearly like what his moods are and what i can do to help him Mm -hmm. out but santos it's like he's from a different planet (laughs) I just, I don't know. And it's so... I love I love his alien voice. I really do. His little like... Mm, and that's the thing. It's so hard because he's so cute. And then he's just so <laughs> like... It's, he's like... Um, I don't know. It's just... He's like a little... He's like a bee, right? Like <laughs> bees are really cute. And then they'll freaking sting you and poison you. And... Um, <laughs> And, and I mean, and I even feel bad saying that, but it's just, you know, cause I mean, I hope Leslie eventually hears this, but I keep thinking, what would Leslie do? (laughs) Or what would Leslie tell me? And I keep saying, okay, there's, there's a need that's of his, that's not being met. This is Leslie of Latinx Parenting. Yes. Um, And I think, 
okay, what is, what is the need that's not being met? But I also realize that there's needs of mine that are not being met, you know, and so how, and, and that are not going to be met in this situation, right? In this circumstance. So it's really challenging me to figure out how we can come to some sort of, I don't know, something, you know, and um, I don't know, like, I'm like, oh, I, this, this has really forced me to be with him every single day and take every, literally every minute as a new opportunity to figure out who he is, you know, mm -hmm. because um, I, I spent, yes. I spend, I, I'll work. So he's with my mom. And so then I see him for a little bit and it's like, whatever, but it's like, nope. And if that didn't work, you, don't worry. You're going to get tomorrow. <laughs> it's like Groundhog's Day. <laughs> it does. It feels like Groundhog's Day. It totally does. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. I was like, oh, that day. Tomorrow. We'll just try again. Try yeah. again. You know, um, let's see how much sleep I get. Let's see, like, you know. Yeah. And it's like trying to find the formula. Like yesterday, he did really good. And I was like, oh, it's because he slept in. Like, he didn't wake up till, like, almost 8 o'clock. And I was like, oh, he needs he oh, needs more sleep. But it's not like I'm going in there and waking him up. I so know. I'm like, what's – and so then today he woke up earlier, and I was like, god damn it. Like, so then right around – right? And it's it happens at the same time. And I'm like, okay, maybe he needs a nap. But then that would require so much work because he hasn't taken naps in forever. Mm. Jaguar dropped his nap. There's no more naps. it's like – it's right around – two three four o'clock you know that like afternoon you know after lunch and um where he just it's just he's done you know like he's done and and I'm like and I'm done too because we've spent the whole morning like trying to keep to um some not a schedule but just a rhythm right like keep keep mm -hmm. the rhythm <laughs> this little one we have a we have a, a guest <laughs> <clears throat> and so it's like keeping to that rhythm and so then by the time the afternoon comes and usually by this by that time this is what this is why like I scheduled these things at that time because I've done all the things with the kids and now we can I can kind of like relax but that's when he kind of like he literally broke down like right before we were doing this and I was like okay and and I think I've, I've also the perfectionist in me is also saying like okay we have to do these things like you said like oh I've got to be super mom and make all these things and I'm like okay no tv no tv no tv no tv and I was like <sighs> I was like fuck it I was like do you want to watch tv and he's like yes I was like okay like and I'm and I also like as much as I'm like oh but then I have to remind myself that um, like not to feel guilty about that. Right. And there's nothing, mm -hmm. nothing wrong with, with that. So it's, um, because it's what, it's what is going to allow me to do things like this and doing things like this is what feeds me and re-energizes me to yeah. be able to go back into them. So it's kind of finding that balance, but I just had to say like, I'm like, okay, okay, God, no, <laughs> like I, I, I see, I see. I also like, I was talking to my brother about this and how it's so interesting that um, cause he was saying he had been talking about, he wanted to teach more classes online. And I had talked about, God, I wish I could just teach all my classes online so I don't have to commute. Mm -hmm. and so we were like, Oh my God, did we manifest this? Like, did we bring this? And then I, I've been asking for that too, which is so interesting. <laughs> it's like, Oh, here it now is. We got it. Right. Like, yeah. 
And then I, I also, uh, Danelia posted something about like not wearing a bra and how liberating that is, which I'm like, <laughs> I love and, it. I put on I was, my, I put on my real bra for this one. <laughs> I my, didn't put on my, any bra. <laughs> and I had told, I was even telling my students like at the beginning of the semester, I was like, can we just all collectively agree to just like not wear bras for like, like like if we just did a week and so people could normalize like what boobs look like without a bra and then it wouldn't be a big deal right like and then so Danelia posted that and I was like oh my god I was just talking about this like I felt too like did I manifest this opportunity <laughs> to like not wear a bra and we just like because why would we have to like the other day I was I know, walking around the house kind of sweaty you know and it's getting, <laughs> it's getting hot and everything is kind of uh I gotta figure out some new you know I've been seeing a lot of posts for those bras that are like a towel over your head and then it kind of holds oh like, have you seen those I saw that tata yeah. tata towels or something <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you could probably make some, like, almost like a little scarf or something, you know. You know, here's the thing. Yeah, no, right. You could totally, um, don't buy the, well, maybe. (laughs) Anyways, um, wanting things to be kind of like routine and normal, you know, and trying to do that, but also recognizing this is the big thing we're talking about change. It's just coming. Like now the weather's changing, so it's going to affect our everything right like maybe i'm more tired because it is like 80 degrees outside today and it hasn't been 80 for a long time you know yeah um and our children too like this is the thing as soon as i get to know them okay okay you go outside baba can you close the door for me please okay good good for you love you <laughs> he's giving me a play by play. He's gonna go outside, I know, I know. and then we're gonna do this, and then he keeps on going. It's very Aww. cute. It's very sweet. Um, as soon as we get to know our kids, oh, I know what four is like. Then four and a half shows up. It's like holy moly. You know, I think I have something going for me with this whole home thing. Is we have been traveling, you know, for ten days. Yeah. In New Mexico, and honestly, that was really hard. I wanted my child to go with the flow more, and he was just like. Yeah. No, I'm not doing it. And so yeah. being home mm-hmm. is so more relaxing. It is the opposite of like he just has his space and his things like Yeah. So I've had that really kind of in my favor, I think, with having yeah. these two weeks at home. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think I cruises like cruise tends to really thrive at home and like I thought he was gonna but, I love it. It's so cool. Uh, yeah. We're watching ourselves <laughs> at the moment. I thought I thought Cruz was gonna be a little bit more sad about school and stuff, and he's like, "No, Mama, I love I love that I get to see you all day, every day." And he's like, "I like that you're my teacher," which I'm like, "Oh God." Um, but I think Santos is definitely a lot more of the he's definitely more social and more of the like likes to be going here and there, especially because his schedule usually is. Like Mondays, he goes with my mom. Tuesdays, he goes with Tommy's mom. So he's used to kind of like every day is different and he's uh-huh. going all these places. And so I think he, he that's why I'd say it's, it's hard because his personality is just so much different than the rest of us. Like Tommy and me are homebodies. Cruz can be a homebody. Santos is not. And so it's like, how can we meet what he needs mm. in a time that we have to stay home? You know, like I can't just, you know, it's hard and, and, and it's, and it's hard. And then it, it, it triggers 
those deep wounds that come from generations it's rough but um and those deep wounds i mean that's that is that's where that anxiety comes from yeah that's where you know um that's the opportunity, you know, thinking about Johnny Nicholas again, or thinking about the stars, thinking about, you know, the planets, thinking about this global pandemic that hasn't been here for a hundred years. Like there's this opportunity, you know, to grieve, you know, come to a new sense of self um, or, 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 a, you know, a growing sense of self, you know, like a deeper yeah. relationship. Um, and I think that's why, you know, we wanted, I wanted to, re- to read Woman Who Glows in the Dark a little mm-hmm. bit more in depth. You know, I do it with my students, but I haven't had like a, you know, comadre circle to do that with. Um, yeah, like, t- talk about that because um, I, I have think, it. I'm pull it. yeah, I think that you, I think you wanting to read that book I just have to say that when we put it out there for a book club, this is the most response. And I don't know because people are not doing anything else, <laughs> but yeah. like, I mean, I imagine people are still working, but <clears throat> we've gotten so much like immediate response. Like I, I can't even tell you, like, you know, people yeah. who sent are, just want to participate in this. And I think, um, yeah. Talk about what, what was, what was it about that book or why? I think I read this book maybe like 10 years ago, maybe a little longer. So not, not, not so long ago in my 40 year life, you know, I, I forget now. When did it even come out? You know, I probably read it. The first time I read it was maybe close to 15 years ago. It came out in 98. So it came out when I graduated from high school, but I didn't you know read it until I think my PhD program. Yeah, I read it in grad school, probably in like maybe 2007, 2008, somewhere around there. I think it helped dispel some of the, uh, that binary black, white or dark light, you know, kind of conversation around like healing practices. And it really, I think, deepened my understanding of where these traditions come from in my lineage, you know, why I have aunties, you know, or, or who have, you know, their gifts and how I might have those too. And so it was a great space for me to look into it. And then when I, I was building, um, this witch class, I teach, um, the witch, um, for women's studies, um, and I was like, okay, we got to bring this in here. We got to talk about, you know, how people's medicine or women's medicine, particularly from brown and black bodies was, you know, witchcraft, you know, for the longest time. And so um, uh, it's one of my key texts, not the whole book, but the first three chapters, just to have a sense of, you know, it wasn't just like Joan of Arc who was burned at the stake. It mm-hmm. was, you know, <clears throat> it was like, you know, our ancestors who were fed to crocodiles and who were also Mm -hmm. dismissed and you know um so so that's been good and talking about with my students I I do enjoy doing that um but I you know having this window of opportunity to do these zoom calls and to really dive in in this other way that's to engage with it critically but then also to like integrate it into our lives is that I think an opportunity now and so I wanted I 
am. I think I am extroverted more than introverted. I think I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> I I want I want to talk about it with other people. I think it's yeah. a part of the. I am. Um, I taught it last semester when I taught um, Chicana literature. Well, so the class was like, what is it? Native American and Chicana prose narratives and prose or basically chicken literature right like and so i had them read the introduction um and then it was part of a a couple other things that we read like the week that we i mean we kind of covered spirituality a couple weeks but it was like the main week when we're talking about spirituality and it was interesting that by the end of the semester it was spirituality was the topic that most people seemed to um like it stuck with them the most both because we spent a whole week breaking down like the veed hen and how a lot of that is tied to colonization and then you know a whole separate week talking about you know indigenous spirituality and so um for a lot of people it was it had them coming face to face with their own spiritual not just their beliefs but like their conflict right their own inner conflict with with spirituality and so i had students who on one hand talked about these practices like you said like that our tias had or our abuelas that they didn't they didn't feel comfortable talking about and so it was like it gave them ground to stand on to say I had some people say, yeah, this is what, this is, this is my spirituality. This is what I've always practiced, but mm-hmm. I don't talk about it because people think it's brujeria, right? Or people think it's, uh-huh. or people think it's, uh, it's a, like the devil or something like that, right? Totally. So it was really interesting how people were kind of feeling like comfortable to be able to talk about it out loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there were people who were really kind of like shocked with the history of colonization and spirituality and religion and all that and so it kind of had them kind of rethinking what does this mean uh-huh. you know um but then obviously reading like things like Ansaldua where it is not just one or the other right like how can we how can we um take you know just be somewhere in that middle place right like yeah we're kind of like and and it, and or redefining what the Vidhan means, you know, that, that we can hold on to her, but she doesn't have to mean um, uh, sacrifice and passivity and uh, virginity and all of that kind of stuff. Right. Like we can, we can have her mean something different, but anyway, so I think it's always, anytime we talk about spirituality, not just in general, because we've talked about that before, but I think, particularly in regards to our culture like that's that's always an important thing um and i think right now in this moment people are so hungry for i mean the way i've put it out on instagram is a grounding right because we're like this we're like Uh all this kind of stuff and we're like we need something to like anchor us and i think that that's what Uh this book can kind of be is this anchor to say yes there's all this shit going down but Mm -hmm. there's press there's not precedence for this particular pandemic (laughs) but there's precedence for shit right like there's how much more of our ancestors survived you know um right right and 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 that this is the time if any to to touch 
to get back in touch with that to say like how did our how did our ancestors survive all that they survived right if mm -hmm. they were being burned at the stake mm -hmm. how did we how do we still have the tea recipes how do we still have these you know um, other kinds of recipes how do how do our, our grandmothers still know how to use herbs and how to plant yeah. and all those things how do they still know how to do that if if they if they were if our ancestors were burned at the stake and it's because of they had to figure out other ways to do it <laughs> right whether it was practicing it behind closed doors or whether it was you know tweaking things or whatever it was yeah I think it's a testament to their strength right and to to the strength of these gifts that they can they still resonate with us you know yeah um and i, I think, think that's a testament to the earth you know into how much the oh. earth continues to provide and take care of us you know um i think and and this is putting us for better or worse right like i don't want to there's no blanket statement of like oh this is a great opportunity for us to it's like no this is a fucked up situation um, that none of us want to be in, but <laughs> we're not going to get out of it just by gritting through it. Right. No. We, this, we're going to get out of it by taking it as an opportunity, right? Like saying, okay. Or, or for those of us who can, right. Because there's definitely people who right. can't, they're like, we're just living moment to moment. And for those of us who are like, okay, we have a home. We have a paycheck, right. right? We have medical insurance. Then it's our responsibility to say, okay, this is our opportunity to then um, give back to the earth and to to reconnect totally. so that these traditions or whatever it is, right, like continue. I was noticing that one, mm -hmm. I don't really have time to tend to a garden because it's, one, it's not my thing. I'm not a I'm not a garden person. But I try all that Romero, though. I mean, honestly, the exchanges that you could have, like, I'll just give you bundles. Well, and then I in the backyard, my lavender that had like was so sad. It it's blooming with tons of flowers. Like the lavender is so bright, and I'm like, so good. Wow, I think all the rain, you know. And then maybe I'm like, maybe because we're back there more now. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's something to look pretty for, you know. Yes. Um, but I think for me, I'm like, okay, this is, this is really my opportunity to like, to do that, right? To say like, okay, I got to start planting some shit. <laughs> I want to just say seeds, sometimes seeds, they're a long, like a, a longer process, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes buying the babies, you know, really helps yeah. you get real, you know, a sense of fruition, like very quickly. I also, I am going to come over Friday or drop off things and I'll drop off some kale, you know, and some other things that I can exchange. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I mean, and I think for me too, like planting for me, I'm like, okay, especially mm -hmm. because next week will be spring break for the kids. I say that because it's like, you know, it's all Is the it same, yeah, <laughs> but, um, but we won't have schoolwork for crews to do. So I think that'll definitely give us more time for just like other things you know and I'm like okay yeah. I, gotta, I gotta come up with things that we can do so we're not just like watching tv all day so I'm like hey we can do a day of planting or that's why I asked you for the tortilla recipe I know I was like oh oh because you know I know you know this right my auntie was just like okay this much yeah, yeah. this much and I was like okay I think it's I really that. I think I was just asking for what ingredients but I, I'm glad to oh, see yeah that. <laughs> yeah um, and then I was like, because I know last time we made them, you mm -hmm. want you used lard, and so I was like, okay, 
do we go buy a big thing of lard? Like, I don't really use lard for anything else. I, and my mom has some. I should, I should share some with you. I was but, like, can um, I just, can I just make some bacon, bacon? fat? Yeah, oh, bacon, bacon fat. Yes, yes. That's how my abuela always used to make it. But um, my mom used bacon fat for everything too. I use this. I used coconut oil the other day. It didn't have the same elasticity, but it yeah. still tasted really good. Shortening, okay. you know, that's the other thing. No shortening. Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably what my grandmother used shortening. But um, but I was like, oh, if we just make a bunch of bacon, because bacon fat, I feel, is always like it's pretty easy to. Oh, just put some in your frijoles and then it's like, mm. that's what my mom, that's what people always like, how come her beans come out good? I'm like, cause she puts, if she doesn't put bacon fat, she puts a whole ham hock in there. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, totally. Totally. She, she, I was like, she's like, oh, I just put a bunch of garlic. I'm like, yeah, mom. And a bunch of freaking like pork. <laughs> Which is fine, but it's like, that's the secret ingredient. Um, I know that was always, um, no, I think it's great. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, feel no, really, I, I feel really proud. Like on Fridays is like bread day for our school. But it was like, yeah, I'm going to make tortillas. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> I know. I, I think I saw you posting and I was like, oh, I have the little press. Do you do it with the press or do it by hand? So with the flour ones, you need the one of those little rollers, the, the easiest oh, okay. ones. You have to like kind of um, work it out, you know. It's a more elastic. elastic. But we have some... So we don't have masa right now, but I, I like to make the tortillas in the press, the corn yeah. ones, you know, too. It's yeah. Nice. Yeah. I know. It's, it's, I think. Jaguar the, likes that more because it's easier for the kids because they don't, you know. I know. Santos, though, loves flour tortillas, just like me. He's like, when I, when he tells me he wants a tortilla, he's like, make sure it's the ones I like. I'm like, yes, I know. He loves. He I love loves. that. I think after going to Mexico, I feel like what I need to really make is sopapillas, um, and I don't, I, it's been forever. So I have to look up a, you know, it's, it's like a tortilla, but it's like you fry it and then it has that hole in the middle. Oh. It's like, it's like Indian fry bread meets like flour tortilla. Like it's this yeah. mixture thing, which I'm sure. Um, yeah. The, the one recipe I wanted to try was fideo. So my, I mean, my grand, my grandmother on my dad's side, my dad's mom, she died when I was like, um, maybe 12 or 13. And so, but yeah. I did, I did spend time with her enough that her biggest meal was fideo. Like, I, I remember, I remember how your mom and your abuela, they always they, try, they try to make it. it and, and they'll be like, is it, is it like your mama cello? And I'm like, mm, it's good, but it's not like her. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't get the consistency, right? They, I don't know what it, either they're impatient or what, but it, um, it's not, it's more like a pasta instead of like a sopa. You know? Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah so, no, that's how my mom makes it. My grandma made it like a sopa, right? So it was like, oh, soup. Was like yeah. you can like slurp it, you know, like I want to like, but my mom ends up, it just comes up more pasty. Like it's thicker. You yeah. Know? I don't know. If I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make some fideo for you. I think I can make Ooh, some. Good I know. Fideo. Well, I bought some, I bought, I bought the ingredients, but I just haven't had the chance. I think, like I said, next week that now that Cruz doesn't have like, work that he has to do that we have to um get done which honestly though I'm I'm grateful for the work that he does not because yeah. I want him to be or I have high expectations but because it gives us an anchor each day like okay we have these things we have to kind of get through so there's um just specific it gives us a rhythm you know it gives us specific things not to mention it's Waldorf education so we're not doing worksheets <laughs> well, I know 
know, you're, yesterday you were like, you know, I just, you don't have to do that. I was like, the rhythm saves me. Yeah. I like, I, I need it. And honestly, I, again, I think it's probably my time in formal education, but like, you know, when it's nine o'clock and we're supposed to do outdoor time, but we end a little early. I'm like, okay, I just got like 20 minutes to kill. No, <laughs> nothing, you know, until 10. Yeah. You know? Well, for me, she sent, so we have Google classroom. And so the teacher sends like all the different lessons. And, I, and like, you have to like, you can check them off to where they, it like turns a different color when they're done. So I'm like, it, it's such a <laughs> feeling of accomplishment. I haven't seen that yet. I'm excited. It's like, like it's a, it's, it'll be an orange, but if you, if it's done, you can either like submit something or you can just like check it off as it's done and it turns gray. So like it, it doesn't highlight it. And I'm like, so every time I'm like, oh my God, that's done. Like, it just feels good that we're like, yeah. that is, I'm like, oh my God, that is the like student and teacher in me that I, I want to like tick off the assignments you know like that's oh, the that's the like oh. perfectionist student in me um but I mean I think there's a chemical that. reaction too there's like a hormonal reaction right <laughs> every time you check it off oh my god I know and um, we're well trained yeah and Chris has been doing good this week was a little more rough than last week but I think I was also I'm, I'm just a little bit more, I don't know, exhausted, you know, but you're in week three, right? This is like the, the yeah, beginning this, of week four for you. I think this is, I don't even know how long. I, I also think we're post. <laughs> how long is it? Have I been in isolation? No, this is week three. Cause I start, we see one, two. Yeah, this is, this is, yeah, this is week three. Cause okay. we, the last day that I went the kids had school the 13th and while they were at school, I kind of did my last oh, grocery it, yeah. shopping. Cause I ever, like there was rumors that it was going to get shut down. So I kind of did my last shopping yeah. and then I picked up the kids and we did a few little errands and that's literally, that was the 13th. That's the last time that we've been. You've been so good at your quarantine. Um, I will say we're, we're not often on the same cycle, but I think we're, we, we just ovulated kind yeah. of close together and we were in this like, woo, magic of energy. And I think now we're kind of, you know, coming into like preparing to, you know, bleed. And so I think our whole energy has shifted that way too. So and yeah. I, that's a blessing, yeah. you know, yeah. but yeah um I mean there's so much more we could say I just I think that it's um for me like week one was just trying to figure shit out because it was like I had to turn all my classes online and so I spent like maybe five days straight just like jamming it out and the kids were literally watching and Tommy was still going to work like work. at work yeah. so I had the kids trying to work and it was like a mess and then hmm. last week Tommy finally was working from home <laughs> so that was really well but it was our first like full week of like yeah. homeschooling which you know um and so and it, and it, it went well but it's it is exhausting and I think this week it's like reality set in like uh -huh oh, this is just it, right? Like, you and I are not going back to work for the rest of the semester. Like, we're online for the rest of the semester. Um, I just want to think, I think it's going to be a year and a half. I'm just going to say that. I just want to put that out there. So we go back to, like, you think we're going to teach online in fall? I don't, I mean, honestly, I was just, I feel like this... <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, okay, maybe you're preparing for the worst. You're preparing for the worst. When I did research on like the Spanish flu and I just felt like I was like, holy man, there were three waves of it and it lasted yeah. so long. And I don't know if that's bad. I don't think it's a bad thing. It's going to take like a year. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, I think it will take a year for sure. I think, but I don't think that we will have to necessarily be in isolation. I think it's just as soon as they can flatten the curve for this wave. Yeah. You know, it'll, it'll kind of give us a little bit of, a little bit of freedom. Um, the weather will give us, I don't know. I'm all just speculating. It's interesting. My brother, his specialty is public health, right? Like, and so he's a, he's a statistician, but his, um, specialty was epidemiology. Like, yeah, this is his, like, I think he should just put out a blurb every day and I'll just listen to that. He's like in the shit, like he's been in since day one, he was like in meetings, talking to like these high ranking epidemiologists that are like, just stay the fuck home. Right. (laughs) Like, um, that was like the underlying message, but, um, but, but also talking in their, their language of like what this means and, um, and it's hard because the truth is we need, well, I don't even know if I should say this, but maybe I won't. That's for a different call. We're just getting it way in there now. What is what is that you think? I think it's like the thing the thing that people are forgetting. So obviously most of us are going to get it. It's like the flu. We've all most of us have had the flu at some point. And it's not that this is not that we're not going to survive it. It's that if there's so many of us having it at the same time, and then there's those who need hospitalization at the same time, then we're overworking our medical industry. Yes. So this is not about, again, this is not individual. This is about the collective. This is collective. I know. And we have friends who work in hospitals who work in, in different caretaking fields. We, I feel like I get messages from, I know, and I have, I have that sense. I do. Yeah. And I, so, but I think people forget that, right? This is, we're not afraid that we're going to get sick and die necessarily. There are people who very rightfully so have that fear, but I think overall the fear is that not overwhelming our medical system, which by the way, we cannot go without saying this. We cannot end this podcast without saying that all of this highlights the structural problems, right? So when people are talking like, oh, well, this is going to have impact on mental health. And it's like, yeah. So the problem isn't like, oh, we should just go back to work tomorrow. The problem, then we need to make more infrastructure to make sure that we all have good mental health care, right? This is not about like, oh, well, we need to go out and work. So we have our health insurance. Then that points to, we need universal health insurance, right? Like, oh, this is like, oh, well, we need to go out and work so we can make money so we can afford to pay our rent. This means that that fucking system doesn't work. It's never going to work. So it's built upon scarcity. It's built upon us going back into the workplace. All it's not going to do anybody any good. Mm -hmm. Um, And on the contrary, that's blaming people for Mm -hmm. the problems. Like, oh, people are not working. So the economy's crashing. The economy's crashing because the system is fucked up to begin with. Right. Like that's the thing that bothers me from the, like, no, like people going to back to work is not going to fix anything. It's not going to fix any problem. In fact, the people who will probably go back to work are going to be the ones that are most vulnerable, right? Because of all, because they are the ones that are, the movie stars can stay up in their fucking mansion with all their money. So if they get sick, they can get like a 
Give me concierge doctor. online concerts online concerts yes yeah. in their oh, I, I was watching the the one whatever backstreet boys and i was like because i love backstreet boys <laughs> I, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> so I was watching it and then they're like oh you know donate to blah 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 i was like why do i gotta fucking donate money when y'all are like cajillionaires if you would just collectively get all your money it would probably equal the amount that you're gonna get from people who are trying to deal with their own shit, right? Like, I know. Anyway, that that's the last one I wanted to make. These structural issues that people are like are so um, ignorant of. I mean, I don't even. We won't even get into the conspiracy theorists because that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> that is no, other- but. I think that's it. I think it's a good point to make that people are making money off of this, you know, as we speak. People are making money off of the masks. Like, there's a shortage of masks. You know, oh, but, yeah. You know, um, there's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, and somehow the toilet paper company made a ton of money, too. I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. And I've said this a million times, and I will say it again so it's on record. What are people doing with toilet paper that I don't know about? Like, is there some secret use that toilet paper has? I really thought, I go, maybe they're using it for something else that is a vital necessity that I'm just not hip to, you know, and I, I need to go, like, I don't know. We've been going with our, we, we had like four rolls of toilet paper and then we were able to get another four. <laughs> So we, I think now we're down to maybe four again, (laughs) (laughs) but but we haven't been able to go and and buy, buy like a a big old pack that, um, other people, which I mean, at the end of the day, that's, I'm not super concerned about it, but, um, but I just, it was, it was a funny thing. And I thought about that. I was like, so all that's going to do is make toilet paper companies restock the shelves and they're just going to buy more. And so And then all that waste. Yeah. Like, that's no. the other thing. I'm like, we're so. still living in, in the, the the longer apocalypse of, of climate change. Like, people forget about that, right? Like, yeah, this might be an immediate apocalypse. I'm right here, Baba. My children are kind of losing their minds. Jaguar sitting on the toilet singing a song about Mama. And Oliver is barking at him for some reason. Um, yes. Um... But anyway, anyway, what else? What else do we want to say before we before we wrap it up here? I think that honestly, there's just so much to say, and I I I mean, recognizing like the the places of privilege that we come yeah. from, um, you know, I I feel like I definitely have people in my community affected who have had it or who mm. have it or, um, and I definitely know people who are, I, I mean, my heart just goes out to the people who have to work. Yeah. Um, don't, who don't really have a choice. Um, and I think a lot of them are, you know, women of color. And so I, um, I don't know. I just want to like, not just recognize the work they're doing. I want to, I want some change to happen. I want to be part of like a a revolution that allows more freedom, choice, safety, you know? Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that that's, um, so we both took uh, workshops with um, Cecilia Caballero. Shout out to her. Um, Mm -hmm. She's holding amazing writing poetry workshops 
And um, and she said something like, she I forgot how she exactly. Have a one second. It, but she said something about like, we don't want to go back to normal, right? Like, um, we know that normal didn't the normal didn't work, right? Like what we knew yes. was normal wasn't working, so we don't want to go back to that. Father, so, give me five minutes. So it's kind of like, how do we how do we take this as not just an opportunity, but like, okay you know, things are really showing themselves. And so let's, um, yeah, let's, let's not rush to go back to the way things were mm -hmm. and let's figure out, you know, let's take the time to figure out like, what do we create in its place? You know, <laughs> um, the song has shifted. The song is now I'm done going poo poo. I am done going poo poo. Uh, so, yeah. Hey, Papa, I got I just need a second. Should I go and come right back? Can you Sure. It's falling apart. It's falling, falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love my love. I'm Maybe I should I should mute her. <laughs> there we go. Well, if you're watching, I'm here. Oh, okay. Here we go. Recovering. So I just I just muted you for a second. <laughs> oh, was there lots of? Um. Um, yeah. no, I, yeah, I think, I think we'll just, I, I do want to end on some hope. And I think that, um, hope is in that we will, we will, yeah, use this to make space for, for even the inklings of a new world, right? Like, I don't think it's yeah. going to completely, but I think that there could be like, this is going to give us time to brainstorm. Like, we don't want to go back to what it was because we know that that didn't work. So how can mm -hmm. we brainstorm? for something different. And I think ways like this, like how are we connecting in ways that we had never connected before? Mm -hmm. And how do we hold on to those connections once we kind of go back to whatever we're going to, you know, once we come out of quarantine, right? Like how yeah. can we maintain those connections or how can we maintain whatever energy is coming up here? Um, even, even non-energy, right? Like we're, mm -hmm. for those of us who are stifled by whether it's anxiety or depression, right? Like how can we make space for when that pops up again to say like, I just need a couple of days to just veg out and be depressed, right? Like not to rush to like get out of that or, you know what I mean? Like, I think, th I think that there can be, there can be a lot of ways that we can um, reimagine, you know, yeah. the world. But at this point, I think we're just trying to like, yeah <laughs> right day to day moment to moment it doesn't have to be perfect mm -hmm. we have to, we have tomorrow until you know <laughs> we get another chance at it tomorrow i i'm hearing that um what is it i got you babe isn't that the, isn't that the song and the that he hears every morning sunny and sure um yeah but and the groundhog's day Oh, 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 gosh. Like every morning, it's like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, the alarm clock goes off. 
My mom said, and it's interesting because I do think that this is very similar to grief, but my mom said she felt that way when my dad died, that it was Groundhog's oh. Day every day. And she was like, oh, this is like, she, for, she would forget maybe that this was her reality and then uh. wake up and be like, oh, right. You know? And I think that that's, it's, it's, to me, this is, this is also very similar to the way I felt, right? Like I would go between like denial and anger and acceptance <laughs> and then go back to denial and anger, like, you know, kind of cycling through the different stages of grief. I mean, the question is, I feel like the comes is like, did we really love our reality so much, you know? Um, and even if we didn't, there's still grief for whatever, what it was, you know, sure, something we could count on. And that's, and that's, and that's okay. Right. Like it's okay to grieve and want something more. Right. It's like when you break up with somebody you know it was toxic <laughs> but you're gonna still grieve that loss you know it's like we're breaking up with capitalism <laughs> right <laughs> maybe let's hope i don't know yeah um, i mean i really like this like i'll give you some flour if you give me some seeds <laughs> i love it i love all the donation base like i've been doing all these debbie allen does these d- dance workshops and I, just, I know i love it i love them so Thanks, Renee. Thanks for this. Thanks, everyone, Thanks. for, you know. Yeah, and we'll, and, and we'll edit and, and put it out pretty soon. I think if we just do it just like this, it's going to be all good. <laughs> totally. Yeah, podcasting in the time of COVID. You know? Ooh, that's the name of this episode. Podcasting in the time of COVID. Mm-hmm. I love totally. it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, I'll see you Friday, if not before. All right. Bye. Bye.